everybody, this is Nathan here with Jake, and you're about to listen to what we call Sound of Sanity 1.0. Now, Jake, what do we mean when we say Sanity 1.0? Well, Sound of Sanity was a show we'd been wanting to do for a really long time, and we'd never really seen our way clear to getting it off the ground. Right, so one day we decided the best way to get it off the ground was just to sit down, hit record, three friends talking into microphones. Since that time, the show has changed and grown a whole lot. The modern version of Sound of Sanity really began to develop around episode 34 on Jordan B. Peterson. Yeah, there's some stuff we're really proud of in this early iteration of this show and some stuff we're possibly, probably, maybe not so proud of. But there's some good stuff and we wanted to leave these up. Plus, we thought it'd be fun for people who know the current show to go back and see how far the show's come. Yeah, fun and maybe sometimes a little humbling. No doubt. Anyway, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the current version of the show. That's right. And meanwhile, please enjoy this episode from the archives. You are now listening to The Sound of Sanity. The sound will continue for the duration of the program. This is Nathan Opperson. I am your humble and obedient host. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, the associate pastor, the chief executive officer, Jacob Benzel. How are you doing today, Jake? I have a headache. You have a headache, yeah. yeah. The weather changed. Weather change and always messes with me. It's March and it's snowing outside, and therefore I have a headache. But that's okay. You're going to bring the goods. I mean, I may be 110% most days, but if I'm You're down, down to 105. 100, yeah. And there's Ben, speaking of the five and the 105. <laughs> It's Ben Silzer. Right. He's our engineer. It's me. The fact that Jake has a headache because of nature kind of leaves us into our thing, <laughs> doesn't it? What he deserved, in my opinion, because it was his idea to do this episode that we did, which involved me having to watch Planet Earth 2. Yes, was my idea. Why'd you make us watch Planet Earth well, we were trying to think of some episodes that would be interesting and fun, and you had to give a David's Mighty Men thing. That's absolutely right. David's Mighty Men is group. a You like had a, to teach a men's... men's group about nature, yeah. and you were saying how crazy you feel about it because you hate nature, and I say... <laughs> Well, we could do an episode on that, and then we got to thinking about how to make it even more interesting. And so then I said, well, you know, Planet Earth 2 is on Netflix now, and I've actually watched a couple episodes with my kids, and so we could pull Planet Earth into it. Which was a good idea on the face of it, but there was one problem with it. And what was that one problem, Nathan? That we had to watch Planet Earth (laughs) (laughs) 2. So I watched this Planet Earth 2, Ben. Uh, and by watch this Planet Earth 2, I mean <laughs> I fell asleep about 20 minutes into one episode. <laughs> oh. And from what I can see, because I never watched Planet Earth 1, I think I watched Blue Planet. Blue Planet was about a bunch of scary fish. But uh, th- there's this Planet Earth 2. As far as I can tell, Ben, it's about a bunch of effeminate lemurs. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this British guy. Yeah. And he's like, the lemur wants a mate. And then the lemur jumps in slow motion from a thing. And then he's like, that was important for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Now he feels lonely. Which he will show by jumping from the thing. thing. And then he'll stand on a rock and gaze in a way that we as humans might interpret as pensive. And I will definitely tell you to interpret it that way by saying, he gazes pensively waiting for a mate. And here's the thing, Ben. I don't mean to be racist to lemurs. I don't mind, I mean to be racist to lemurs, but I am a human being. Okay, I accept that reality. I don't care about lemurs. I'm sorry to hear that. 
Because and it's basically as far as I could tell. God made lemurs. Yeah, but this British guy doesn't talk about that. This okay. British guy goes on and on and on. If and, the and lemur cannot find a mate, yeah, he may not survive. The he winter. may not survive the winter. <laughs> and then, uh, and here's the lizard, and it's a creature too. And look at it fight another lizard. And then he goes to different places in the world. Now, you'd think showing all this great creation that God made, he might talk about God. Like, if you were doing a documentary on the Sistine Chapel, who might you mention? Michelangelo. That's right. So this guy's doing uh, this documentary with all this real cool, high-tech footage of slow motion just like about the glories of god's nature does 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 he mention the name of god at all i don't think he does he doesn't do it at all it's just a bunch of propaganda every line of this planet earth thing is just uh, uh propaganda uh, if it's not i mean there's the the stuff that's obviously propaganda like the four four billion years ago the lemur emerged boringly from uh <laughs> the primordial slime primordial slime and ever since then he's been sad because he couldn't find a maid you know there's that uh, there's, <laughs> <laughs> the lizard has escaped the lizard eater. Right. For now. For now. <laughs> uh, there's the stuff that's directly just like Darwinian, but then everything else, there's, 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 like, it's made to f- make you feel, Jake, how, uh, what's the word? That it anthropomorphizes these these effeminate lemurs so, such, and, and all the creatures from the lizards, and it makes you just feel like we're all part of a circle of life, and everybody's kind of, you, you end up, he doesn't ever say like, the lemur is exactly like a human. But he basically says that by saying, the lemur is sad because he can't find his mate. And I realize, yeah. folks, I'm exaggerating. He doesn't actually say that either. But what does he say? What's an example of something that this British guy well, might no, say? It, I can't think of a specific example offhand, but he's definitely leveling the distinction between man and the rest of creation. And I'm team we're man. Di- we're just we're just uh, animals like the lemur. So you make the, the lemurs more human and you make us more animal. And that's. The whole thing. So the famous thing everybody's seen it. The the lizard gets out, and then the snakes are attacking, and it's like edge of your seat suspense. It's 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 kind of cool. I'll give you that. But you're you're processing it like go little guy and you're supposed to feel all these emotions and what I like to do I like to feel those emotions for humans because <laughs> I'm team human I like the humans I like talking to humans I like podcasting with humans like Ben uh, arguably yeah. fits that category to be. about 60% of the time the other 40% of the time he's just <laughs> sunning himself on a rock soaking up heat <laughs> my life is pretty good actually yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I record that podcast again but it's so nice here the sun. <laughs> so I don't care. So that, my first complaint is that it's just a bunch of propaganda, right? It really is. Like, there's not a line in this thing, I would argue, that's not basically propaganda. And I'm, I'm coming out of the gate strong on this because it also really irritated me because it was boring. Nature, who cares? We just talked about how exciting the thing was. With yeah, the- I watched the YouTube video and it was cool. And then I was like, all right, cool, Planet Earth 2. Lemurs. <laughs> and here's a city. And in the city, there's a different kind of lemur that gazes across the city. And uh, <laughs> Lemurs everywhere. Lemurs everywhere. <laughs> what about the sea lemurs? Did you see that one? Yeah. <laughs> Deep in the ocean. <laughs> lemurs go for... <laughs> there's a lemur riding a whale. No, I can't wait for Planet Earth. Outer, outer space where we see the space, <laughs> the <lemurs>. space <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm clearly I'm exaggerating for humorous effect but uh, you know, okay there's some cool you know oh the lemurs are tearing a giraffe apart that's cool <laughs> I'm getting the feeling that you only watched part of one episode <laughs> <laughs> it's possible 
<laughs> no, but I'm planet Earth. Humans are on planet Earth. Drama, Shakespearean yeah, drama. Sins episode. Sins, kind redemption, of, kind of souls. People with souls are doing things on planet Earth. They don't show you any of that. They just show you a bunch of boring lemurs and stuff. Monkeys. So, you, so you're saying you don't you don't think the animals that God made are interesting after all? Not particularly, no. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nature. I don't know. I don't care about nature. Huh. I mean, I know, like, God made it, and it's good and everything, but I just, I don't need to watch a documentary. I can enjoy it on the way to my car. I contend not with flesh and blood, but with power and principalities, guys. I mean, I okay, I'm exaggerating for, <laughs> I'm exaggerating, and I'm about to get myself into trouble, and I'm aware of that fact, so I'm going to stop. But here's the thing. I understand God made the nature, the lilies of the field. I, I don't mean to be dismissive of that stuff, but... I don't want to give myself to whatever planet Earth represents. I really don't. I don't. It just feels weird and gross to me, and it feels like there's something wrong, and it feels like, yeah, we should subdue the Earth. We should fill the Earth. We should take care of the Earth. We shouldn't just throw our trash down. But there's so much more to life than nature. Ugh. What if I told you that there was a documentary made by a Christian biologist who agreed with a lot of your points, who agreed that it's dumb to elevate the creation above the creator, to have a nature documentary without talking about God or making God the center of it, without distinguishing uh, between man and the creation. And he made something that tried to do that. That would be cool. Maybe we should just put our cards yeah, on the table card, here. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we should just put our cards on the table. We just got done watching a pre-screening of The Ride and the Dance. That's right. Our friends were... Our friends in uh, Moscow, Idaho, directed by Nate Wilson, mm-hmm. uh, produced by Gorilla Poet, which is, I think they own Canon Press. However it all falls out, it's that group of men. It's that group of guys, yeah. And they um, actually made a nature documentary. Yeah, and uh, it's... It's going to be screened across the country next Monday. Uh, it's going to be... If you're listening to this on the here. day it comes out or, or thereabouts, it's coming out when? It'll come out next Monday. Here in Bloomington, it'll be at uh, AMC 11 at 7 p.m. You can actually go watch this movie in the theaters. People in our little town can go do it. That's right. And, and if you go to writeinthedance.com, you can find the theater closest to you. Full disclosure, and, I was aware that this was a thing, and I have seen this movie. Yes, yeah, we've all watched yes. it, right, Ben? Yep. Thanks to our friends in Moscow for giving us a chance to do that. Yeah. So here's the thing about that film. It's not pagan propaganda. It actually is made by a biologist who loves God and who loves everything that God made and thinks that you should too. And if you want to like get to the heart of that film, that's it. That's the message. God made all of this, and it's amazing. And creation groans under the weight of the fall, and we're responsible for that. And so not everything is as pretty and beautiful as you see it in planet Earth because they're willing to show some of the ugly. Uh, we have a res- responsibility both to really love everything that God made because our Father made it. He's our Father. He's the only one that could have made it. And obviously, he loves it or else he wouldn't have made it. And he called it good. And so we have an obligation to love it. And he's given us responsibility in the creation mandate to care for it. And so he tries to press those points home, tries to do it in a colorful, fun way. It's not going to be a perfect answer to planet Earth. Right. (laughs) Uh, Planet Earth was made over a decade with millions of dollars and budgeted and crazy technology and amazing film crews, lots of people involved. It's just not going to live up to that in terms of getting great transcendent footage or anything like that, but it's gonna. It's not going to have 
David Attenborough equating us to monkeys and talking about having evolution laced throughout it. Yeah. It doesn't have just over and 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 over again through six hours or 12 hours of both planet Earth series. You're just going to get this idea. We'll just sink into you that the animals are just like us. And that's what you definitely don't get from this. He allows them to be other. He allows them to be beautiful creations of God. He allows us as humans to be over them. Yep. It doesn't just allow, requires. Requires, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just for that in itself, it's pretty great. But in terms of just having a a nature documentary that they did put time and effort and energy into and put care into, and I don't have to worry about having to reinterpret everything for my kids. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about, even though I'm actively reinterpreting it, It's, it's, I don't have to worry about it still see, seeping into their bones. That's a nice thing. Even the places where they don't sugarcoat things, you know, they show a little bit more of the dirty, ugly side of things. And they talk about sin in the fall. And that's nice, too, that they do that, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Well, great. It sounds like people should go see. What was the time for that again here in town? Uh, 7 o'clock on Monday. 7 o'clock? The 19th. Monday March 19th. the 19th. March 19th at AMC 11 here and all over the country it'll be showing that day, right? So Yeah. If you go to riotinthedance.com, the uh, very first thing you'll see is find your theater. Click that button, put in your zip code or your city, and they'll show you the closest theater. Cool. Yeah. Ben, have you gone to riotinthedance.com and secured your tickets for the... Oh, no! Oh, the no. devil's advocacy alarm. Oh, boy. All right. Well, that's a little bit earlier than it usually comes out, I think. But, well, if people haven't listened to the show before, the Devil's Advocacy Alarm. Ben, tell them what the Devil's Advocacy Alarm is. Well, the DAA comes on when uh, we're going we're gonna to hear that we're wrong. We're going to hear how we're wrong. And we're going to have to either roll over and just give up and basically stop making this show. Or we're going to have to fight back against the devil and say, no, we're right, after all. Wow, so the <laughs> yeah. the whole show is at stake. That's right. <laughs> yeah, is that? every, every, every episode yeah. of the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we will. <laughs> well... We've established that I hate nature. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I guess I'll play the devil. I don't think there's anyone thing. more fitting for it. Let's go around. <laughs> All right. Here's, here's the thing. If I'm playing the devil, I'm just going to really be the devil. This movie is okay, but it's no planet Earth. And it absolutely invites the comparison. It absolutely invites the comparison. It asks you to experience what is transcendent about nature. In this case, so that you can glorify God, which is a worthy aim. But you can't help but compare it to the documentary made by the pagans. I don't think anybody that's seen Planet Earth is going to walk into this and not watch it and realize, oh man, they just couldn't do 120th of what planet earth could do and that might be a little bit unfair because of course they're not coming at it with 120th of the budget and blah 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 but i just think it's impossible not to get that out of your head not to see that this is kind of the inferior christian product and again and again and again on this show we have knocked inferior Christian products. There's a story that Jake always likes to tell that I've heard him tell many times about his friends in high school, his dorky Christian friends trying to shove DC talk on him and Jake just being like, no, no, guys, Nirvana was a couple of years ago. Kurt Cobain is dead now. You can't just give me the lame Christian knockoff version of the cool thing. The Christians should be out there with integrity doing their own thing, not just doing a lightly Christianized, lamer version of what the pagans are doing. I'm sorry. 
I like these guys. I like what they're trying to do. But really, I mean, I don't enjoy Planet Earth. It's not my thing. But as far as things like that go, it's the gold standard. I don't think it's an entire... Like, here's, here's the analogy. If you're just going to do your own thing, quote some modern verse then you can be judged by those standards. But the second that you start writing Elizabethan sonnets, I'm going to not be able to help but compare you to Shakespeare. These guys were trying to do something big, something transcendent. The music is telling you that it's transcendent. It's telling you that we're looking at the glories of the nature that God's made. And then, I'm sorry, but it's not as glorious. It's not as glorious as I wish that it was, you know? I just felt disappointed by this movie, and I would feel maybe a little bit disappointed in us if we don't actually point that out, you know? We've we've gone on record so many times knocking lame Christian things, specifically things that are trying to do what the pagans do and just do the Christian version. And this, I'm afraid, felt like that. Insofar as Planet Earth is definitely propaganda, this kind of felt like the Christian version. Like, no pagan is going to go see this, be converted, you know? If, if, if someone can honestly sit down and watch something as cool as Planet Earth and not want to glorify God, then they're sure not going to watch Riot in the Dance and suddenly want to glorify God. It's only really interested in validating the opinions of people who are always already going to agree with it anyways. And so why don't those people just watch Planet Earth? Turn the sound off if you want. You won't have to hear David Attenborough say dumb things. I don't I don't mean to be condescending. I was rooting for them. I wanted it to be good. And it's it is just, you know, kind of watching it and your heart sinks like we can't and we, you know, why don't we just do our own thing? Like when we try and enter into a conversation with these pagan things, it just ends up feeling kind of cheap and lame to me. Okay, here's my response. First of all, yeah, if like we already said, if if you're holding the riot in the dance to the standard of planet Earth and it's going to fall short, as does everything anybody's ever made, you say they invite the comparison. And I just don't know how you do a documentary that doesn't invite the comparison. And that's just a really tough situation to be in. Because if it, you need to show two things. As a Christian, if you're going to do a nature documentary, you want to show transcendent beauty and you want to show the imminent the imminence of God too. And so they try to give you big transcendent shots because it would be a failure not to show something big and beautiful and transcendent. The instant they do that, you say, okay, well then it doesn't live up to planet Earth's version. And so I, you know, it's hard because it's like, well, do you want them to not try to do that or or what? I they have to they have to try to show something, and they're not going to be able to do it like Planet Earth, but they gave it their best shot. And they really did have some some beautiful shots. And then they talked about our Father in Heaven who, who made this stuff. I just don't think it's, you know, we, we actually, you and I have this fight on the bookening mm-hmm. about books and, and, and standards of judging them. Or maybe it's me and Brandon that has this fight where he always wants to measure everything up against Tolstoy and right. Shakespeare. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and oh, I darn, wanted... Ready Player One is <laughs> just not Can't we just take Ready Player Tolstoy. One on its own terms, right? <laughs> well, I, I, I sort of feel like if we had watched a lot more nature documentaries besides Planet Earth, like Planet Earth is ubiquitous. Everybody's watched it or at least seen some. Everybody knows what it is. But if you compare it, my kids watch Wild Kratts. Mm-hmm. And their idea is it actually takes a budget to do nature stuff. So we're just going to do it, all the cool nature stuff in in cartoon, because <laughs> that's easier and cheaper. Right. Like on its own terms, what you really have is you have a biologist who's a Christian, who loves God, who loves the world that God made, 
He's really excited about it. And he's really excited about what he can find out in his own backyard. And then he gets to take a couple cool trips and we get to go with him and watch him handle lizards. While we're doing that, we, we get footage establishing the big grandiose context. And it's not going to work like like planet earth but you know you said planet earth was boring and you fell asleep so you know um planet earth is six hours long and this is an hour and 20 minutes of a christian who loves god and is doing his best some of the shots they got were actually really great and yeah they couldn't get all of the cool moments but they didn't take 10 years of their lives to do it so You know what? I think that that goes hand in hand with what you were talking about earlier with your critique of planet Earth, that to enjoy this documentary, I want to enjoy nature in its proper place, which is subordinate. Mm -hmm. And there are lots of things that are a lot more important. You get this sense that these guys, you know, even if they had the budget, I don't know that they would have spent 10 years of their lives trying to capture the one the one lemur jumping perfectly right because there's more there's more to life than that and they even did i thought i really liked the one shot where we got the camera crew while they're trying to stage a lizard jump or a lizard run or something Mm, like that a lot more honest than our friends at planet earth to be yeah planet earth stages stuff all the time Mm -hmm. they do everything they can to get the exact right shot that they're looking for and so um i thought it was sweet that that right in the dance had that scene of and then sort of leaned in to those places of of him trying to stage the, that that kind of cool planet earthy shot and it never really quite working exactly right. and they got some cool stuff i thought it was hum- there was some humility and sweetness about that and so i think there's a lot even in the making of this film that commends it as a nature documentary that puts nature in its proper place mm-hmm. it's not spending millions of dollars it's not spending decades. It's not inventing new technology. It's taking a guy who, who loves God, who loves what God has made, and can interpret that for you and challenge you and push you and make you a little uncomfortable about it. it made me uncomfortable. I didn't like a lot of what I saw. Like, I didn't like the nasty seals with the crushing the, the elephant seals. seals. The, the yeah. elephant seals, right? Like, that was pretty gross. And I had to watch that for a while and mm. come to terms with fact, the fact that this is a real thing. You know, like, or that creepy monster spider thing. The with ten, the ten, le- the ten, ten legged, legged spider, oh. the sun spider, the sun I, spider. Yeah, yeah. I actually, it's a creepy guy. Uh, had to look away. I didn't know that that was a thing that exists. And and that's, yeah. I mean, that in itself, that's always my favorite thing about any nature documentary, no matter what it is, is finding the thing or the things that you just you never see it. Michael, God, God my- made it for God to enjoy, and we sort of like. Gets that little glimpse, you know. Of- My favorite thing in that regard was just at one point, I forget where, he has a lizard and it's got these beautiful like blue and like these floral kind of, I think he said yes. floral, salmon and blue colors on it. And it's just <laughs> like, oh, that's that's cool. It looks like somebody shot it with a paintball or something. It's just like yeah. so bright and beautiful. Well, uh, yeah. Well, when he did that, he said, and he's got these little blue markings because it's pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> we don't have an explanation for this except... God thought it was pretty. Mm. Like <laughs> that's I like when he when he did things like that. Yeah. I liked my favorite moment in the whole film was when he said, uh, "And who could have made this? Only your father. It, it wasn't only God. It wasn't only Jesus. Only Jesus Christ. It was only your father." The way they, it was done was really really sweet because yeah, this is my father's world. I like that sort of thing. Yeah, there's another nice moment where he's like Hugo. 
Fabio Fabergé, I don't know what the guy's name was, made 50 Fabergé eggs in his lifetime. God's just been making hummingbird after hummingbird. And <laughs> <laughs> look at how much cooler they teeny are. Teeny tiny eggs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. They're nice moments. I'm going to put all my cards on the table. I was playing devil there. I wasn't being entirely dishonest. I think it does invite a little bit of a comparison to planet Earth. And I think on that level, rightly or wrongly, it's not going to be possible for a lot of people to completely not feel some a little bit of that deflation that I did feel. But on the other hand, I really like this Gordon Wilson guy. He's just showing us cool stuff. I would say if anybody is in an area where this movie is showing and you have, especially if you have like a kid, one of those dorky kids like I never was that has a terrarium in his bedroom. The kid that always and, shows up with the box with the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kid that if, you know, you go over to his house, he's gonna, hey, look at this weird slimy frog that I found. Hey, look at this crustacean thing that was crawling after the raid. And the kids is always going to find that stuff and not be scared of it and all that. If you have that kid in your family, then they're going to want to see this movie and they're going to they really, really love Gordon Wilson, yeah. Yeah. I, I want to lobby for, so that at the end of the movie, spoiler, mm-hmm. at the end of the movie, there's a trailer for a second. It's right in, in the dance too. I want to lobby for Right in the Dance 2 being 20-minute episodes of Gordon Wilson petting fish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and telling us how much he likes them. <laughs> well, I liked Gordon Wilson so much that I actually wanted to hear more from him. Like, this is backhanded compliment because it sounds like an insult. Of, it sounds like another criticism, but I think it's a compliment of the movie. I just would have liked to hear, you know, he, there's all these scenes where he's like, here's a weird worm creature that it's I'm holding snake. in my hand. and <laughs> It's a snake. Yeah. And it's he's just a... talking. I would have. I've never seen a more. snake like this yeah. before. It looks like a worm. <laughs> yeah. He's got this. He's hit. blind. Yeah. He's, he's like, just telling you about he's this He's super thing excited. He's, he's like, before. I've never seen this. And then it's like, but that's wonderful. What that kind of excitement is infectious. Well, yeah, I believe him. I believe mm-hmm. that he, that's why I keep saying it. I believe he's a man who loves God and actually really loves everything that God has made or is trying to. And he shows us how to do it. And, uh, and he really does. Like it's infectious and it's challenging in, in itself. Like I feel sort of put on the spot about not loving little worm snakes. I like the I like the fact that he has, a, he has a little gross leech thing and he says, even I have trouble finding what's good about this one or something. I don't know what he says, but... Well, at one point he, he said, and God provides for this one, and uh, I guess I do too. <laughs> he pulls it off and you know, blood dripping down his leg. Yep. This is nice. So, uh, yeah, I recommend this movie. I'm, yeah, people should go see it. They should, if, if for no other reason, they should fill the theaters up and make sure that they make all their money back so that they can do part two, which looks really cool. Yeah, the trailer part two looks cool hope we haven't spoiled yeah. too much of it for you guys but it's a nature documentary you know you're gonna see this yeah, there's a bunch thing. of <laughs> it's nature bunch of snakes. Nature. <laughs> snakes 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 are a theme not gonna talk Lizards. about that part which brings me back to my larger point <laughs> yes which is that nature is boring and <laughs> stupid <laughs> and why should i have to care All right, I'm being a little cartoony about that, but I am going to admit now since I brought it up earlier, we're going to I'm going to let Jake respond because man, I do actually feel that way. Like I don't like to watch nature documentaries. I'm not particularly thrilled about the fact. I realize that this is sinful, but I'm just going to be honest about my sin here. I'm not particularly thrilled about the fact that I I'm a, a spirit attached to a body and that the body breaks down, and that I have to go to the bathroom, and I have to be fat, and I have to have the indignity of when we take communion at church. I'm not particularly thrilled that eating some bread 
And some wine or some grape juice is something that actually is efficacious spiritually in my life. Like, that's weird to me. It doesn't really compute. Why shouldn't it all be spiritual? We kneel at our church for prayer, and that's—I know this is wrong again, and uh, hopefully Jake's going to tell us why here in a second. But, you know, sometimes I feel like, oh, boy, what what does God care? I can honor him in my spirit without getting down on my knees. Sometimes— I even, and I know that this isn't completely impious, but I'll think, why does God care who I unite with sexually or what I do? Like, it's a, it's my body. What's the big deal? All these pro- prohibitions against gluttony, since I brought it up earlier, I just wanted to be honest about the struggles that I have with this kind of thing and, and the sorts of things that go through my head as I'm being assaulted by the propaganda of a David Attenborough in a Planet Earth type movie. So here's what I would say. Christians have always struggled with this sort of thing uh, because Christians are reacting to the mat- to materialism, to the idea that we're just bodies and so whatever. But the fact is God made the material world. We're living in a material world. and <laughs> You're a material girl? <laughs> I'm a material girl. <laughs> and God, God made a world of stuff, and he called the stuff good, and he called us very good. And he, when he called us very good, it wasn't wafy spirits. It was after he had formed our bodies from the dust. This world has fallen. We deal with the effects of sin everywhere. That's gross and awful. But the fact is, we can't call what God has made good and call good. We can't call that evil. We can't treat it as evil. We have to learn to find our place in this world and to love it and to exercise dominion over the world that he's made, which I think we're not all farmers. We don't all have to take and cultivate, literally cultivate a patch of ground and, and till it and raise up plants from it. But we do need to, to work to to care for the world that God has made and to, to turn it into a garden, to bring order out of chaos. So I don't know what else to say to you except that... Well, what I've, what I've realized is that a lot of that, maybe all of that feeling is just pride, really. I'm better than my body, and my body is something that I'm queasy about, not, not because I hate the depravity in it, not because I hate my lusts. That would be one thing. Mm-hmm. But it's really more that... I just think I'm worthy of not having to deal with those things somehow. I don't know. It sounds like it's it's not just pride. It's also laziness. I mean, <laughs> you just don't want to have to take the time to deal with reality as it is. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right, Ben. You, you're giggling, little I'm hyena. Not giggling? <laughs> I do not giggle, sir. No. no, I think you're right. I mean... I wish that I could just be absorbed into the heavenlies and be contemplating the scripture all the time. I wish that was my spiritual walk, but instead I have to get up. I have to go do a job. I have to shave. I have to shower. I have to do the other things. And it's work. It's work. And it's humbling. When Adam fell, God gave us a curse and he gave men a curse that their labors would be futile. It is the primary way that God disciplines us in our lives is we got a bunch of futile feeling work that we just have to man up and deal with. That'll sanctify you. It'll make you trust in God because that's the way it is. We don't live in the garden anymore. We're trying to get back. Jesus made a way back, but we're not there yet. So we have to deal with thorns and thistles, the ugliness and the brutality and the futility of it all. Nature really does groan Mm -hmm. and wait for the revealing of the sons of God. And it's easy to think about that with cancer, but I think it's also just like, I have to take another shower? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my yep. body started to stink again <laughs> after just 24 hours? Yep. What? 
You take a shower every 24 hours? Every 24 hours. Huh. That's how I time it, actually. I watch a season <laughs> of 24. Well, no wonder your life is miserable. <laughs> <laughs> I take a shower. Hey, Maybe like Ben and uh, take a shower, what, once a month? Yeah, once every... Once every... When it rains, you run outside yeah. with some soap. <laughs> That's and... a sh- that is a shower. <laughs> <laughs> the, so- the solzer bathes itself, and it may be t- some time before the solzer finds its mate. <laughs> 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 Everybody should see the ride of the dance, right? Yeah. At least here in town, it's Monday, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. AMC 11. They're all at 7 p.m. So they're all at 7 p.m. All shows are at 7 p.m. on March 19th. And Eastern so Standard Time. One of those is it one of those like local time. It's local time. They're all 7 p.m. local time on March 19th. So no matter where you are, 7 p.m. March 19th. So wherever you are, you're probably not more than you're within an hour driving away. distance. Yeah. yeah, wherever you are. So just go to rideinthedance.com. Yeah, pretty much everywhere. Awesome. So there truly is a nationwide theatrical event, as they claim. If you have a kid with a terrarium, especially, you don't really have an excuse. Hey, let's play the alphabet game with animals. Hey, and let's keep it snappy because there's no way we can't get through this in like a minute or something. Less than less than five, certainly. Aardvark. Badger. Cheetah. Dog. Elephant. Frog. Goliath. Giraffe. <laughs> Horse. Horse. Iguana. H I J Jaguar Jaguar Koala Lizard Monkey New (laughs) Just just kidding Newt Ostrich Parakeet Quail Quail Rhinoceros Uh, Swallow Triceratops (laughs) (laughs) Unicorn Yes (laughs) Unicorn All right T U V V Vol. Vol. Wombat. Crap. <laughs> X-Wing. Uh, X-Zebra. <laughs> X-Zebra. X-Monkey. <laughs> As in Nurus, I also would have accepted X-Ray Tetra. Zebra. You skipped Y. Oh, shoot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yak. Yak. Yeti. <laughs> Is there anything besides Zebra? Zebra. Zebra. I also would have accepted Zonky. The offspring of zebra and donkey parents. Zebra shark. Or Zorse. Zebu. The offspring of a zebra <laughs> and a horse. Zebu. Hey, thanks for listening to Sound of Sanity, folks. Check out The Riot and the Dance, available wherever fine movies are shown. Coming up shortly, if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out. Well, the show was engineered by Benjamin Solzer. It was produced by Nathan Hourson. It's executive produced, like all fine Warhorn products, by Jacob Menzel and Nathan Alberson. Until next time, stay safe.